Hello, human peoples. You're listening to the podcast network of Gamefully Unemployed. Support us and gain access to great exclusive podcasts like Fox Mulder is a Maniac, Tom and Jeff Watch Batman, Star Trek The Next Futurama, and our latest show, Spiel Boys. Head over to patreon.com slash gamefullyunemployed. We do game streaming, movie nights with our patrons every Friday night, and you can even commission your own podcast about anything you want. Literally anything, within reason, and we have to do it. You are quite frankly out of excuses not to go visit patreon.com slash gamefullyunemployed. That's patreon.com slash G-A-M-E-F-U-L-L-Y unemployed, which is spelled like it sounds. Pretend like it's the new year, because this will come out in, in the new year. Pretend, ooh, that, that, mm, that new year, okay. that sure happened. Is, are we doing <laughs> it now? Is, are we podcasting? I guess. Yeah, that yeah. sucks. I like I'm how sorry. we used to think of intros now. Adam's doing okay. this more and more, too, on our network, uh, patreon.com slash smallbeans. Um, people, like, people like the natural. Is like, the natural. Ooh, they're, they're jumping into a conversation. You but know? even though I know this is more fabricated, I wish that someone said, okay, we're going to pretend to be natural now, starting now. I okay. just It's interesting because it speaks to what kind of performer I am, but I do feel like I need to know when I'm on because my off personality is different than my on personality. I understand. <laughs> I understand. I understand. Well, I'm leaving this all in, but Great. action. Hi, everybody. Woo! That ball drop, boy. <laughs> Happy New Year! <laughs> See? That's the kind of gold yeah. you could have gotten if I was prepped. You're right. You're right. I'm sorry. My, my name is David Bell. My New Year's resolution is to lose 40 pounds by my wedding day. I Ooh. thought we were doing New Year's resolutions. Michael Swain. No, you it. Mm-hmm. And we just watched a Triangle of Sadness. TOS. Yep, that's right. The best kind of shape. You looks paid for the tickets. Not bad, huh? <laughs> so what do you do? I sell shit. Success of a luxury cruise mainly depends on you. I don't want to hear anybody saying no. It's always yes, sir, yes, ma'am. I command you, enjoy the moment. No, no, no. <laughs> I mean, trapezoid's good, but a trapezoid's basically just a triangle with a haircut, so like. Maybe Triangle's where it's at. Okay, let's show okay. that for now. Let's talk about a movie. Okay. Well, hold on, hold on. I do want to start with, um, first of all, is it Triangle Sadness or The Triangle Sadness? I didn't look that up. Oh, I also don't know for sure, but I do know that this fits in very well with like a tradition on this network of doing shape movies. So I'm happy yeah. to be part of that flow. Yeah. Yeah, thank you. First of all, okay, so... I want to start with... Tri- I think Triangle's the best shape because it requires the least amount of lines. But... uh that's that's also isn't it opinion. the most stable structurally of any shape? I think that's I, true. I'd like to think so. Yeah. Um, and then also, hey, thanks for um, being on, Michael. Mm, Thank you so much. My pleasure. Happy New Year. Happy uh, New Year. Happy New Year. You uh, you want to yeah at the top of this, I guess you want to plug anything if you'd like to. If you <laughs> you you want anything you want to say to people before we get into the movie? Sure. Uh, I'm over at another website with stuff that i do dave's there too sometimes it's true this is my worst hello um (laughs) i run another podcasting network slash sometimes other stuff network called small beans at patreon.com slash small beans or 
by searching small beans wherever you get podcasts. But um, the reason I, I screwed up that intro is just because we're not strictly podcasting. We're working on trying to make an indie feature film right now called Papa Bear. So I'd extra appreciate if you went and checked that out because that's my real New Year's like thing is uh, my creative partner, Abe Epperson, and I are like, we're making a movie this year. God damn it. Um, Hell we, yeah. We did one. So we're doing number two this year. Um, so head over there, look into Papa Bear, or just listen to our podcast, Small Beans. Excellent. Mm-hmm. And uh, thank you also uh, for getting me to watch this movie. I, I was, oh. was going to watch it, but this is one that like, like, it might have like I was excited by this when I saw the trailer and then I sort of uh forgot about it a little bit and it's one where it's like oh man years could have passed before I circled back to this if I you know if I didn't have yeah. a reason to watch it yeah and if, this people, is, um, if people aren't aware it's a it's a dark satire that takes aim at the wealthy and elite and Dave I'm so hungry to sink my teeth into the flesh of the wealthy and and yeah. eat the rich that I put this, there's two things this year that when I saw the trailer slash like heard the movie existed, I looked up the date that it would be available to my eyeballs and I put it on my calendar. So an alarm went off. One was weird, the Al Yankovic story, and one was Triangle of Sadness. And it's interesting because shortly after I became aware of Triangle of Sadness, I became aware of the menu. And I feel I like to say. that also, it kind of overshadowed it in a deep impact Armageddon way where you're like, well, I don't need to see both dark satires about capitalism, like, and the yeah. menu clearly won, but, uh, I so, thought this was very interesting in its own right. Yeah. I would say the menu is, uh, without, you know, this is obviously not about the menu. It's a little more focused on like the service industry and as it relates to specifically how we treat them. Okay. Yeah. Whereas this one is, it feels more about power. This is directed by Ruben, um, Ostlund. Uh, I'm sure I'm butchering that last name. He also directed The Square. Uh, so he does shape stuff. Uh, yeah. And this is, um, yeah, If first of all, if you're listening to this, you should really go like watch this movie because, spoilers, I thought it was very good. Nice. Um, yeah, My I assume you did too. Spoilers that I think will draw some, uh, draw the tension out a little bit. Yeah, overall. I have one minor gripe with it and then one major gripe with it that Ooh. almost ruins it for me. I have, so I do have gripes with it in that I guess I'll say I didn't think this movie actually had that much to say. Uh, but it did, w- there, like, uh, at least specifically about the subject it's covering, which is for people who don't know, this is about a movie, uh, a luxury yacht. It starts following two, uh, two models who yeah. are dating, having just a very grounded relationship fight, uh, like a real stupid fight. Yaya uh, but, and Carl. Yeah, but the fight does come into play later. Um, and then, the, so the broad thing is they, they go on a luxury cruise, um, and then the, the ship crashes and the power dynamic changes. Suddenly, the, the rich people aren't really in power. It's the people who are able to do things, right? And I think... That's I guess what I'm getting at is that the the it says things about power that you'd fully expect it to say, with the exception of like one detail that we'll get to that I thought I hadn't like I it was a moment where I was like, Oh, I didn't think about that. That's a good that's a good point. That's a good detail. Yeah. Uh, oh, sorry, wrap or finish no, the no, thought. No, no. That's, <laughs> wrap that's it up. The thought. Wrap it up. Um Yeah, I, for sure. But I do think 
I'm of two minds about that, and I think both are true and valid. And it's whatever, right, because there is no such thing as novelty. I mean, there is. There is, but it's rare in this world that we get true novelty. There's nothing new under the sun is an old sentiment in and of itself. And I'm like, I'm thinking all the way back to, you know, Orwell's critiques of... And everyone's like, ah, very good satire. We'll teach this to high school students for many years to come because this is what it is to like take the piss out of the upper class. But I'm sure a thousand years before that, some farmer was saying, making fun of his landlord and saying, fuck that, you know, serfs unite, fuck that guy in a clever, funny way. So and we have many, many stories. Spielberg is incredible at a story that just says family is good or like it's good to be good. Um, it's better than being evil or like, look up at the stars and wonder. And you're like, that's not that deep. Cavemen did that shit. You right. said it really well. So I'm okay with stuff that's just reminding me of something we need to know. And I do think it's very timely and urgent to say, um, you're aware you're being fucked, right? Like, are you right. aware you're how hard you're being fucked and that it doesn't have to be that way just because you were born into that being that way? Ye- um, yeah. We need that reminder a lot. That said... You are spot on. All the movie really says is, you know, capitalism being in power for a long time makes you sort of an asshole who takes a lot of things for granted. Being oppressed for a long time uh, makes you despondent and even more prone to like desperate moves if necessary or if pushed. And that ultimately the system hurts both the rich and the poor. And that's the triangle. Right. So it's like the lower class, the upper class. And this thing between them that ultimately fucks them both, poor people more, but ultimately hollows them both out, and it's capitalism. Yeah, it's uh, very similar to like Parasite, which is they're showing people in the lower class become kind of uh, monsters because of the situation that they're in, mm-hmm. where it's the desperation. And the rich people um, are the obvious monsters, because in the ways you expect, where you're like, yeah, yeah they're just entitled Right. And then, it, it, yeah, it very much is uh, like power corrupts in that. Yeah. When the balance changes, you see how like like they do a thing. They do say one positive thing, which is like the rich people, once they lose power and they're uh, uh, on the bottom of the pecking order, they mm-hmm. start like kind of living in the moment and being happy near the end. Uh, and so there's this feeling of like, yeah, the working class it like has each other because one thing the thing they established pretty quickly is the the wealthy life that's on this boat and and like on their date and stuff everybody feels very distant and lonely from each other you know what i mean where it's like the 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 whenever they show the rich people they're all kind of in their own little bubbles there's there's not as many of them as huh. there are the the people working on the boat and the people working on the boat are all kind of living together and eating together um well, and I thought, it, sorry, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. All on. right, I'm, I'm interrupting today. But I think one thing that uh, I really, you know, the more I dial in, I'm like, there were little touches that I very much appreciate. Meaning, what it says may be simple, but there are a few parts to it because, you know, it's, it's a movie length. There's enough time for a few things. And I think the few things that it does, I am like, right on. I fully agree with what that stands for. For example... I thought it was really effective that it's saying we all invest too much power and money 
as evidenced by the fact that the working class people at the beginning literally chant money, money, money. We got to get the money. We'll do anything for money. Um, And then and we'll humiliate ourselves for money. Right. Is how at what cost is the question of the first passage of the film. But then I also think it's super effective and and very true. And we need I do, especially given my demographics, uh, like our faces rubbed in this fact is you go for a chunk of the film, you go, oh, my gosh, these poor servers having to deal with the entitlement of the ultra wealthy. And then there's a point at about a third of the way through the movie because they've been treating the uh, there's a level below that. There's the people who clean the toilets and shit, and they also live on the boat, and they don't even have lines, and they don't get big tips. This is just their minimum wage job, and we only see them as extras for a long time in the movie. And I think it's a super effective maneuver to, you know, halfway through the movie, uh, switch and go... You, even the audience member, probably took this person for granted. But not only does, is she real and have an inner life, she's the protagonist now. Yep. Like they may, yeah. Like I love that they exposed even what I take for granted because I'm identifying with the servers and I'm like, there's toilet scrubbers too, bro. Like, what about them? You know, that's a good maneuver. Yeah. Oh, it's a great maneuver because it's also showing how, like, there's like a, there's like a middle management, right? And they're there. Uh, in this ship, but in society, to like ensure that the wealthy stay powerful, right? Because they're getting paid a little bit more. They get that l- little bit of promise that they themselves can become rich. Uh, yeah. That's that's the whole thing. But then you realize, yeah, there's like people working in the fucking engine rooms uh, who don't who, even honestly expect to climb the ladder. They're just trying to get by. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, what happens is so the ship crashes. Uh, and Abigail, a cleaning lady, basically like she catches a fish. She starts a fire because she's they ask, like, does anybody know? And not everybody off the yacht survived. It's a handful. And there's this moment where you realize, oh, OK, that's what they're doing, where she catches an octopus. She gives everybody a piece and she's like, and this is all for me. <laughs> and they're like, wait, what? And she's like, yeah, I did all the work. She gives them uh, half, which is generous. And yeah. She keeps half. like. For herself yep. and she's like out there like and one the the manager uh tries to like pull rank and she's what like a no, no fucking no, no. narc the manager yeah. is in such a rut that they just perpetuate like even when the ship crashes and money doesn't matter anymore they're telling their subordinates who survived like don't forget to give the water to the rich people first and it's right. like fuck you lady that's over yeah. now <laughs> and abigail basically has this moment she's like no no on the boat i was a cleaning lady here I'm the captain. I'm the captain. And she's just like, it's the I am the captain now moment. But she's like, yeah, I, I know how to do all this stuff. Does any of you? No? Okay, I'm in charge. Like, and, yeah. and they all just sort of accept it and realize like, shit. And uh, that's when like, again, that's expected. But that's when like some of the more surprising ideas come from this. Uh, specifically with the character Carl. Mm-hmm. Uh, where they, so again, Carl and Yaya, which is... The people that the movie starts with, they're um, models, and they they're they're not portrayed as like bad people, but like she's an influencer. Basically, what they do is, uh, they look good, you know. <laughs> That's what they do. They have yeah. the beginning sequence where he's auditioning about the triangle of sadness and about like, uh, uh that refers to like a line on his forehead, and he's just low self esteem. 
uh, yeah. just wants to be liked. That's the whole idea. And then they go out to dinner and he gets mad because she said she'd pay, but then she doesn't. And he picks up the check and there's this whole thing about how he he's saying, like, we should be equal. And they've established um, that, which I didn't know, but it makes sense that in this model culture, women traditionally make way more than men. Because, of course, women's supermodels are more in demand right. than male models. And he feels less than because, like, he may be handsome, but that's like all he is. He's not rich. He wants to be rich. Right. And um, once they get on the ship, they kind of don't matter as much for a little bit. It doesn't um, matter that they fought. Yeah, their relationship doesn't. I guess because he well, bones matters, the other lady later. I was gonna say yeah. it, it matters at the back end uh, because yeah, the ending true. is around them. They they book in the whole thing because what happens is once Abigail is in charge, she starts deciding who's like they they find they get like a lifeboat that's enclosed on the beach and it's a luxury because nobody wants to sleep outside. And so Abigail, because she can do all this stuff, is like, well. I'll decide who sleeps with me in this lifeboat because it's basically the equivalent of the mansion, right? It's, it's, this is the top, uh, of like, th- this is the luxury. That yeah. And if have. you haven't seen them, it's like a submersible kind. It's like a shuttlecraft in star Trek. She can lock it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, yeah. And it's not that glamorous, but when you're on an Island, it is. Uh, and so what quickly happens is she's like, Carl, you'd be on the lifeboat with me tonight. And it's very clearly that she starts using him uh, for sex. Uh, and he goes to his girlfriend the first night and he's like, tell me what to do. Like, and she gives him all these rules that are very, they're very like, like you can tell she's had to be in the situation a bit where she's like, okay, you got to draw lines, laugh at her jokes, do this stuff. Uh, but you know, but he like goes for it. And the surprising part is the reveal in a little bit where that Carl actually appears to be in a relationship with Abigail after a while and appears to be like supporting her. Uh, and it, you realize that he's actually attracted to her power. Like the power that she has on this island uh, is sexy. And that's the one thing I thought was a surprising twist on talking about power, which was the realization that some people are attracted to power and will respond to it. And Abigail cooks the fish and catches the fish and does the fire. And so Carl actually gloms onto her as the, like the alpha essentially Mm -hmm. on the Island. When I thought that was an interesting (laughs) idea for him. Yeah. Do you agree with that? Or do you think it was more Stockholm-y than I'm making it out to be? Cause it's definitely Stockholm-y I interpret it as that when we're taken out of our natural context, things can happen that could never happen within the confines of the system. So I interpret it as there that he actually fell in love with her, which is something he would never allow. He would not ever in the quote unquote real world date a cleaning lady that it was in the building where right. he's modeling. It just would never happen. And, and he's not that type of guy that would, he would have too many hangups about that. But I think your viewing is totally accurate. I also know the director, which I hate this, but I don't hate it. It's totally valid. And it's how art works really. But I have a hang up about the director's like, I don't know what some of the stuff means and you can interpret it many different ways. And oh. you're, you're reading the story is totally valid. And I, I um, that's tough for me to swallow a lot of the time. Um, yeah. Especially with this, because so Abigail, the cleaning lady, her character, as you said, she is barely a character until they get on the Island. Right. 
And I she think that was the, the point. They were like, see, yep. you overlooked her. You're bad, too. And you're like, I know. I right. am. That's true. But I think they're also <laughs> saying what power does to people, which is that suddenly she gets all the lines. She has the personality. She gets the guy. She she becomes central because she has the power. And it's almost about right. how power buys people attention, time, uh, a per- like it, 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 it affords her like a social pull as well and so that's what i felt is that like carl being like a a very like we established in the first scene that like he'll just kind of do whatever for for that you know for money for power for like that's that's kind of who he is like he has low self-esteem and so i felt like that's what they were establishing is the idea that he like he goes where the power is uh, and he want and he very much like Abigail. The character becomes more attractive, more charismatic, gets more to do uh, because she has the power now. That's sure. that was my reading of that. I did and not then, read of course, it that at way, the but end, it makes sense. <laughs> yeah, well, at the end, of course, she's will do anything to keep the power. Is what we learn. Well, I do think she killed Yaya personally because otherwise yeah. I, the the comment doesn't make sense. I thought it was an int- I ultimately think it's a weakish choice to end with. I understand the power of ending a story as soon as you have all the pieces to know what happened or to say you don't need to know what happened or this can be ambiguous. But in this case where it really is a parable with very clear like these are statements about classism, I thought like Parasite, show or kill Yaya. That would be, you can be conclusive about this story. And in fact, we've reached my major gripe, which is that I would have even accepted and thought this is an A plus movie, honestly. Well, A plus is tough because I also would have trimmed the boat section. I just thought it was bloated. The actual before the crash was a little bloated. But once, but my major, that was my minor gripe, major gripe, that final shot where You've told the whole story, the macabre twist where you realize the person, because um, just to set the context for people who haven't watched it, they find civilization again. They realize that they're close to civilization and it's going to be fine. And in that moment, Yaya immediately starts treating Abigail as less than again in a way that she can feel nice, but she's actually being a bitch because she goes like... You've done such a great job with all this, Abigail. Maybe you could be my assistant when we get back to reality. I really want to help you. And yep. um, and she hefts a rock like she's going to cave her skull in. I would have been totally down for the ending where she lifts the rock and you don't know what's going to happen and we cut to credits. But instead, we do something I think ru- frankly ruins the movie or takes it from an a, pl- a potential A plus to a B minus, which is we cut to Carl running through the woods like upset crying with stuff whipping in his face and i've read many many different reads of it of what it could mean and the director has said in some interviews i don't care what it means it was instinctual um you interpret from what you will and then i read in other uh interviews where he said well if like if you insist my interpretation is that Carl probably ran into that guy who was selling hats, the lady in the wheelchair who can only speak a few words of German. She was able to eventually communicate that to Carl, and Carl was running across the island to tell Yaya and Abigail that they're saved, and he'll come across the scene of the murder, and who knows what will happen after that. Interesting. And I'm like, then show that, or make that clear in any way. My interpretation was that Carl was running 
because he was scared that Yaya was going to steal Abigail from him. And he loves Abigail because they were getting along, Abigail and Yaya. My point is, I didn't like how ambiguous the last shot was. It ruined yeah. it for me. I'm nine. So the, the la- <laughs> no, no. The last shot was a moment where I went, oh. And, and I, I turned to Han and I was watching with too. it. Yeah. And I was like, what do you? Like, I just said, I don't get that. <laughs> yep. what, uh, what do you think? Hana had an interesting interpretation, which was that uh, Carl had actually realized what was about to happen. That he, he because there's the whole conversation at the beginning about how, um, and again, credit to uh, Hana, because I, I'm not mm-hmm. smart enough, uh, is the idea that like, uh, now I'm going to butcher what she had said, but like the idea that... Um, that whole conversation about wanting to be equals and like that realization of like, uh, she's, she's capable of murder. Like the realization that Abigail, because the setup that we need to talk about is everyone Abigail is. and Yaya the go system, on a hike together. Everyone's capable of murder point of order. The system yeah. navigates us into situations where it seems like that's our only option. Yeah. Which right. I think is the real critique. Yeah. So like the, the Abigail and Yaya had gone hiking together alone and left Carl. And so like, uh, yeah, that interpretation was that Carl had realized, oh, she's going to kill her <laughs> or something of that sort. And oh, that I, would be I tied. It was more that like would be tied to the idea of also finding because th- when they yeah, l- realize true. it's a resort, there's a man like selling junk on the beach who finds them. And so, yeah, that that is pr- like I could see Carl running into that guy and then running, like you said, to tell them or because he seems upset, too. Like he seems genuinely like scared and upset. Mm-hmm. That's why I thought the added idea that he realizes like something's wrong. Yeah, and uh, in a movie where everything symbolizes something so cleanly, like to the point where the ship's captain Woody Harrelson is uh, literally debating politics yeah. and talking about the movement of money between the classes with a Russian oligarch character. Um, it was odd to me. Or what did you slash Hana make of? There is a. Uh, a woman who's confined to a wheelchair and can only speak a few words of German because she had a stroke and she's in this ironic position of finding out that they're not alone, that they're saved, but she can't communicate it. Um, I understand. I, I didn't see any like compelling commentary on ableism and I'm not saying you can only oh. be, uh, you know, there's a, there's in a, a movie to tokenize what you are, but I'm saying like, can you, what was the purpose of her character? Her okay, arc or I do, anything? I do actually think, first of all, just to finish the conversation about the ending, I agree with you oh, that sure. a movie that's so straightforward to have an ambiguous ending, I did feel put off by that. I did, yeah. because if the whole movie was like that, that'd be one thing, but none of the movie is like super that. straightforward. So I, yeah. yeah, and I was just like, oh, just finish the story. Mm-hmm. Um, but that character, so the idea is this, yeah, this character had a stroke, like you said, and she's a rich person. And then on the beach, I think the idea is that she is completely disregarded. And that's that's kind of what it is, is that in this world where she has no value for her riches, they literally forget she's in the boat at one point. They uh, just so all run like, off and leave her. Even like, in a world without money, that, there's power structure, I see. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I think it's that idea that even Abigail doesn't have any compassion towards her. Like when she's like, oh, I think these women should be on the boat with me. She doesn't include her. Like she's just, they treat her like an object. Uh, for so long yeah. until then when they all when there's this clear class system she becomes like they kind of then start like getting she, along with her yeah. and stuff. also interesting to me that i can see why they didn't go there and 
it only makes sense because they're in this tiny bubble between being part of civilization and being part of civilization. Like it's this limited time in nature thing. But interesting to me that there's no commentary on or it. We never got to the point of physical violence. Like no one tries to challenge Abigail's authority using physical violence. Yeah, I they're, thought about that too, just which like, is like, oh, well, uh, we want the octopus. So we all bow to you. I think so. I think that's more realistic than we imagine, but I think did, it is that, refreshingly realistic. Movies yeah. would always go the way where by the end they're trying to hatchet their way through the life raft, right? Like that's where you would normally go with this. Right. I thought it was cool that it didn't go there, that we're in these habits of society and we keep them going for a long time. Yeah. One of the things we've learned about society that keeps coming up that like movies do not uh, depict at all is that, Humans will glom together like when shit goes bad. <laughs> like it doesn't, we don't, like that's not how that works, you know? Um, and I mean, everyday people, well, like, yeah, Lord they of the don't flies turn into animals. not the yeah. most common outcome. Yeah. Exactly. So, like, it was nice for them to do that for sure. Um, yeah. Even when Abigail's clearly like asserting her power. And that's why, again, I liked that Carl, it becomes like a consensual thing. Where he's like, he's obviously being taken advantage of. Well, like this is also he gets all his validation now from her, just like he used to from Yaya. Like exactly, he's just a puppy dog type guy. Yeah, and so like it, it that that justifies why yeah the Yaya Carl stuff is at the beginning, uh for sure. Mm-hmm. That he's like, yeah, it's, it's an interesting. Uh, like I want to rewatch it just for their relationship stuff because I feel like I didn't. I didn't like I didn't pay enough attention to the beginning argument to like really appreciate mm. the point of it. You mentioned that the stuff on the ship was too long. I know what you're saying because the ship is the actually the least important part. But boy, uh, we haven't even talked about the fact that this is technically a comedy. Yeah. And the sh- and it is. I Just was going to record say it we, is funny. Okay, good. I'm glad it's time for this. I thought we were you were like or we were going to navigate past the ship portion because I'm just saying that technically, uh, yes. yeah, what you just said, like, oh, if it's going to end on an island and do this commentary, by the way, you technically could have navigated there much more elegantly and quickly doing this, this, and this. That said, the first hour of this movie where they're on the ship, to me, was like a smarter, funnier bodies, bodies, bodies. Like, yes, it was all the similar jokes about entitlement and vapidity, but for my money, uh, I thought funnier and sharper and like the actual moments. Also, um, I always admire comedy with an incredible diarrhea scene that actually does make me laugh or give me so some good. sense of satisfaction. And I don't know if it's CG or how they did this, especially with older actors. It's incredible. But dude, this ancient lady, you see vomit coming out of her mouth while a stream of shit comes out of her ass. And then she falls and rolls around in it. I'm like, How'd they get this actress to do it's amazing. this? It's amazing. It's amazing. Yeah. Well, I know how they got the actress to willingly do it because Money. actors will do fucking anything. <laughs> yeah. It's oh, a yeah. commentary I, in and of itself. But I'm just saying truly an incredible mass diarrhea scene. Like, oh, yeah. Wow. It's just, uh, sorry. I, it's, it's always funny about acting, which is like you watch a movie with like an old man playing the president and you know that old man could also do a scene where he's like in his underwear, like eating fake shit oh, if he, he would was gladly in a movie. be an abusive meth addict who constantly shits yeah. his underwear if you paid him the same amount of money he doesn't yeah care. and if it was yeah. like a good movie and right. shit yeah um 
but uh so that shit um okay so i about the bodies 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 comparison one of the things they do that i thought was very important is these people aren't necessarily they're not depicted as being bad or cruel they're just clueless right like it's part of like when when the shit uh starts to fly uh you like they're kind of they're sad like they're like sad little meek puppy dogs because uh they're not like again it's it's the stuff where like the woman complains about the sails being dirty and it's not she's not like mean she's just like weird and clueless about it or like at one point at the beginning the um uh carl who again is really like uh low self-esteem oh my god uh, when he complains yeah 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 says hi to this shirtless guy who's working there and she doesn't even say it in a flirty way like you're a hundred percent on yaya's side in that moment yeah she's like i just said hi to the guy and carl goes in and he he clearly like does a shitty thing but then he immediately realizes it kind of where he goes and he says there's this guy out there without a shirt on can you order him to put his shirt on or leave or something and they fire the dude it fucking sucks yeah but in in the moment she's like right away it's and then he kind of backtracks and he's like but it's actually like he almost realizes in the moment of like what am i even complaining about i'm like a jersey shore person right now yeah (laughs) yeah like i'm complaining that this i saw a guy without a shirt on and then and then later he sees the guy being escorted off the boat in real and he feels bad because he realizes i got that guy and i like that he feels jealous right the rich people are not inhuman they are entitled because of the series of events that have happened around them and I also think that it was very incisive that it repeatedly calls attention to how insidious inaction or justification is. So two examples immediately come to mind, like Woody Harrelson to me embodied because he spends most of the time in his cabin drunk. Uh, He knows all the right things and believes the right things. He sees the system and how destructive and disgusting it is. And he has decided fighting that is too hard and I'm just going to secede and give up and fuck it. And that's a trend, obviously, that is not helpful that happens in life. Um, but, but then the is, other he's one a man is who the system one, the system one is the idea. Woody Harrelson he is gives a socialist up. Fuck it. Yeah. and he's this drunk captain. He barely see probably because he's Woody Harrelson as well. Right. And he was there. He drowns kid. when the ship sinks. He's done yeah. in the movie. Yeah. Yeah. And he is just a man who's like, clearly like, yeah, he's complete. Like I, I, you know, where you're half expecting him to just be found dead in his cabin, you know? Right. He is, he is rock bottom man. But man, he clearly has mm-hmm. beliefs that, he is cannot reconcile his position in life with yeah which is that he's a luxury exactly. boat captain <laughs> and then the one in the that they show in the trailer but it's of course extended that i do think is super effective i see why they picked it as a standout moment is the woman telling the server everyone everyone on staff should get to go swimming i think that would be whimsical and it makes me feel good like i injected like it's fucking driving Miss Daisy right. and I'm whimsically she, she, injecting joy into your life. And then we see the reality of them going like, now we have to reschedule all the fucking shifts so this rich lady can watch the staff swim and think, I'm yep. a good rich person. I'm a generous it's, rich person. It's so funny when like they like go down to the kitchen. They're like, everybody stop. You have to go swimming. And everybody's like, Ugh, okay. and he goes, and like um, and they show everybody like, waiting f- in line. He goes, that, spend, yeah. like. I love that he goes, the chef is like, that'll ruin like the following dishes. And they go, we know. And he goes, all right, 
everyone go swim for an hour and he just starts yeah. like throwing shit out <laughs> yeah it's so good because it's just everybody ordered to have fun mm-hmm. um yeah it's all stuff like that where it's that Again, the rich people are insidious in nature. Like the woman complaining about the dirty sales. The idea there is like, if you're at a restaurant, right? And like a fork is dirty. That's anybody, anybody reasonable would, could say, hey, can I get a new fork? Right? Yeah. And she's treating it that way because she doesn't realize that she doesn't have ownership over her own, like what she sees. Because that's the difference, right? Is she saying, I don't like seeing this thing. Yeah. And it's and it's there's a difference between that because it's like we'll deal with it. Most people have to deal with it. If you go to a restaurant and you go, I think that wall's a little grimy. Can you clean it? People will say like, No, like, no, we won't clean it right now for you unless you're really rich. And that's the difference. And it's the same with this where she's like, Can oh I, yeah? Can people just like live in the moment, have fun? Like you guys should have fun. And it's yeah. like. All right. And I there's guess. just all these great digs and stabs that you expect. Like you said, they're nothing revolutionary, but they still work. Like you find yeah. out um, one of the richest couples of all is on the cruise for free. And you're like, but they're already rich. Fuck them. Right. Like there's all these little details of just how exploitative yeah. the system is. And the one yeah. that made me go, oh, there it is, is the old couple where they're like, what are you doing? And he's like, oh, we're company. Our company has helped maintain the democracy all over the world. And it's like, oh, okay. Yeah, there's an arms dealer. And <laughs> yeah. he, he comports himself and obviously thinks of himself as a nice old man. And, and they it's tr- like, yeah, they, it's they just business. Like a, they're and like they're a like, sweet old couple. What does your company do? We make hand grenades. Well, we used to make landmines, but the UN outlawed those. <laughs> it's like, Jesus Christ, dude. Yeah, that's and, grim. Then they, and they're like, they cut down 25% of our profit. And then the old couple hold hands like old oh, farmers. And then they cheers. The then they cheers to love. And he goes like, a, but she got me through it because I love her so much. To yeah. love. And you're like, yep. oh, my God. Yeah. And again, they, it's like it's like Ma and Pa Kent, except yeah. they fucking. And that this is one of the less realistic moments. But I. I love it. So the ship, we didn't mention how the ship goes down, which is it's not the puking pirates attack. Have you noticed some modern day pirates are way more, they're like the quicksand of our age. They're super prevalent in movies now. We're fascinated with pirates, but go on. I think it's because (laughs) of the Captain Phillips thing where it legitimately happened once. And now everyone's Um, all about it. Yeah. Yeah. So they yada yada it, but they introduce it by showing the boat, the pirates, the pirates, show up and then they have that old couple on the deck and clink clink and you look down and it's a grenade and she picks it up i don't know why she would do this but again i'm happy and she turns she goes oh honey is this is this one of ours and, and then, he goes Boom. oh no <laughs> yeah. which again not sure why she would do that but it was it was very funny and, so and i will allow and it. it's extra effective because they put their money where their mouth is filmically and cut hard cut to an extreme wide with just a tiny little puff of explosion on the plate. Yeah. And you're like, ah, that was that dude blowing up. Yeah. <laughs> it's so good. And then a second later, huge explosion destroys yeah. the entire ship. <laughs> it's pretty great. Although man, um, I will say, uh, I'm sure even the director feels like, well, you got to do what you got to do. Or you see the budget. Not that this is low budget. They blew up a luxury yacht. But it's interesting that they cut to a card and say several hours later and then everyone's on the beach. It's like you yeah. couldn't afford a ship sinking sequence. I don't think they but needed okay. it, though. They didn't need I, it, but it's also I, clear why it's not there. Oh, yeah. 
You alluded to this. I want to talk about this some more. What I consider one of the best sequences I've seen this year, mm-hmm. uh, and it is the puking sequence, um, because I do want to break this down a little more of how well done it is, because it slowly, it, and it's completely, the idea is basically the ship gets like crippled before the pirates show up. Uh, yeah. And that's part of why the pirates take advantage. But it starts with this sweet dinner, and they and they like mentioned to the captain a couple times, like any any other day, but Thursday. Thursday is actually there's like a storm. There's gonna be in. choppy sea. We don't want to yeah. do the dinner Thursday. But he's like, that's the only time I'll be sober. Fuck you. <laughs> yeah. So it starts like in this empty dinner room, and they're all on a tilt, and like they're the people who work there, so they're doing okay. They open the doors. People come in. They start sitting down. We start having these moments. The captain slowly gets a little more drunk. Everybody's getting these fancy meals except for the captain who just wants a burger and fries. The The fine dining thing is always fun because it's like fine dining is never good Dude, in movies. I, I think it is a legitimate new skinning of the cat that I haven't seen before that is very innovative to use the classic top-down, almost Napoleon Dynamite Food Network shot of beautiful food, like food porn, but in the context of, you know, to the person who's supposed to eat it right now, it's the most disgusting thing they've ever seen. That's a very funny use of that trope. Good job. It's very funny. And so everybody starts slowly getting seasick. (laughs) And the the waiters keep saying, if you feel sick, eat more. (laughs) Yes. And, and at first, it's really, it's very subtle and small. They're still having conversations. There's the, a quiet piano in the background the whole time. But mostly you hear like the rocking and the splashing of this outside storm. And like one guy like leaves the room and like kind of pukes through his fingers. Mm -hmm. Then a little bit lasts for longer and people start puking more and more. At first it's manageable. They're like (laughs) catching the puke and things and they're escorting them out. And slowly in like what feels like a 10 minute sequence, everybody's just puking and running. Um, And have you ever seen the classic Steve Carell, Steve Colbert bit where there are two nauseous waiters describing the menu for the day (laughs) directly to camera? That's great. It's the chicken. The chicken. And um, it reminds me of that build. It's a really slow, good build Um, because it starts with, right, normal, believable stuff, but it ends with surreal shit that you would imagine from like Caligula or ancient right. Rome because it's this, not... like there's this woman who refuses to drink water. She'll only drink champagne. So she vomits a bunch of chunky dog food, like brown foam and yeah. then chugs champagne and then vomits that. And it's like, yeah. if you saw the favorite, it's like the blue cake scene. It's the, it's the side yep. of excess capitalism. That's like corpulent. That's like rolling in yeah. your own filth. It's, yeah. It's that money Python bit with the, totally. the big guy. And it's stand yeah. by me pie eating scene. Yeah. Yeah. And so it starts, it gets, it never goes over the top technically like beyond reality is what I mean, but it gets as far to ridiculous as you can with projectile vomiting. And yeah, all these rich people who are just, yeah. Filled with like, like seafood and booze (laughs) just up chucking and of course they set it up with the dinner where they're like but the things will go bad if we go and go uh you know uh water sliding so it's a so like yeah so what starts happening is you know both ends 
And so like it starts moving to outside of the dinner where it's like a guy's puking in the hallway. And then and then they it's almost like Titanic where they're showing the different rooms as the ship sinks, except instead of the ship sinking, it's just everybody's sick. And, and it's like a guy <laughs> naked on the toilet, the woman you said, who's like shitting and puking in the and bidet. Because the ship's racking, they fall off the toilet while yep. shitting and shoot shit straight up in the air and stuff. Right. And, and it's and like, again, as Jen pointed out while we were watching it, I don't know if it's realistic that every single person on the ship would get that sick because the yep. boat is rocking, but okay, like I'm in for it. And I also think it's uh, very, it it's a brilliant, like farcical addition to the the stakes of the scene that they they've made it such that the the russian guy is now so drunk that he's commandeered the pa system yes. and so droning over the whole ship in the hallways is a guy going the I ship is shit. going under the yeah. ship is going under <laughs> yeah so that and people that's are that's... like so these people are shitting themselves and screaming at each other What's going on? Did he say the ship is going under? And they're putting on life preservers <laughs> yeah. and there's people in the hallway. That's the next escalation because the whole time, again, just quiet piano music. The Amazing clarinet. The, the score is great. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's it's also like this isn't as wacky as it, we're making it sound. It's like this slow plodding pacing of this very disgusting. event unrolling. <laughs> yeah. And then, yeah, the idea is the Russian guy and the captain who are exchanging like the Russian guy is exchanging like capitalist quotes and the captain's exch- exchanging socialist quotes. And they're clearly like they they have complete ideological differences but they're getting along because they're both drunk and they, 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 they've both divorced themselves from the system so yeah. they can just talk about it abstractly yeah and so then yeah the russian guy gets in the captain's office and gets on the pa and this starts happening and so now there's like this droning voice and it becomes like a nightmare it becomes it's a surrealist hellish. night. It's very yeah. hellish. It reminded me of Barton Fink when yeah. he's laughing in the distorted voice down the hallway. Yeah. Yeah. And people are puking and it be- and then the, the toilets start overflowing. So it's like shit coming in the hallway. And then the captain starts like reading off of like a, a <laughs> like manif- these socialist he's like, manifesto. Now's, now's the time for me to finally do some good and fight the good fight. And he reads like a pre-written thing like... Um, War became our most lucrative industry. That's what happened. I have a passage here from Eugene Debs. And they're they're like, we're shitting ourselves inside out. Give us a break. So, yeah, by the end, you're like, okay, take it easy on the rich people. I know they're terrible, (laughs) but but I feel like they've been punished. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And so, yeah, they're in the hallway. And this is actually also the movie decides at this point to show us that there's children. They know they don't show that until now. And right. they know, I think, that by showing that, you start saying, oh, shit, like, I don't like these rich people, uh, but it's the system. It's not these individuals necessarily. Although the weapons dealer, I mean, they go ahead and blow them up and no yeah. one feels bad. Oh, and of course, they make a point to pan again to the, like, the Latinx working class people. And they're just putting on headphones, blasting Swedish death metal and scrubbing the shit off the walls. Like, yeah. here we go again. This is our job. The soundtrack <laughs> is, is so a great good, by touch. the way. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And so, yeah, I wouldn't say you feel bad for the rich people, but you start going like, oh, this is fucked. Like, yeah. this sucks. Uh, and, and so then it's like, that then the few like sober people and not throwing up people, the, the higher ups are like trying to get into the captain's 
uh, room and tried to shut off the PA, and they accidentally shut off all the power. So it's uh, and the PA still works. So it's just mm. it's like yeah, it's a fucking nightmare, and it's so funny that it because it slowly escalates to this point. It actually you're reminded like, How did me we even get here? of Uncut Gems, which is famously like stimulus overload. Yeah, the sequence you're like, oh my yeah. god, the movie's really coming at me right now yeah, it sort of almost in real time seamlessly yeah. goes from a polite nice dinner to pure fucking to hell, hell. Yeah. yeah and it's really good and it has nothing to do with the ship going down because the the they they make this the in the tr- the trailer they actually like make it seem like this is the ship going down sequence i thought but no. it was about that cr- i thought this movie for a while till i read more about it was legitimately about that cruise ship that got stuck during the COVID pandemic and all oh, the yeah. sewage backed up and they shit the whole ship full of shit. Um, but it's not at all. It has nothing to do with that. <laughs> the yeah. sea is just rocking and making them sick. Yeah. So yeah, it is. Go again. It's a trip. None of this. None of this really matters for what the movie's trying to say. But genuinely they just need funny. to get on the island. No, but the it's guy, genuinely funny. The guy's good. also very funny. Like for example, also once they are on the island. You find out eventually that it's a donkey, but a donkey's scream (laughs) is so unique and specific that most people, myself included, can't place that immediately. So the first few nights they're on the island, it turns out to be a wild donkey, but you hear an animal screaming in the night and you are legitimately like, I've never heard of an animal. What animal noise is that? What is that? Like a monster, a demon? What is that? Yeah, it's like (laughs) lost. And it gets closer sometimes. And they're just like, they're all flinching. That's why they all want to sleep in the boat. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This movie is extremely funny, extremely dark, but also like... Also like... um, um, do you, uh, when Abigail and, and Carl's relationship is straining, she goes, um, I, I really believe this can work. Do you remember what you told me the first night you were in the boat? And he goes, yeah, I love you. Cause you give me fish. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, right. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> so perfect. Yeah. It's a very cynical movie, but in the right direction, I would say. Yeah. Like that's the thing. Is it? It's um, like, it. it yeah. It's it's a very, like we said at the top of this. Very like not that complex. Mainly resting on being funny. Like I would argue, um, <clears throat> Parasite isn't complex either. I would argue the menu isn't complex either in what it's saying. It's the fact that it puts it so well that you have this moment yeah. you're going where you kind of watch and you go, thank you. Like it's that where it's like you put it into words that I couldn't. Mm-hmm. That is exactly what I feel. And it's in some that. regard, the fact that some human beings, the fact that we're all mud born from blood and vagina juice, and some right. of us get billions of dollars and some of us die of starvation isn't complex. Like the fact that that's unfair right. is not hard to wrap your head around. <laughs> right. And it's also important that. And I don't, I don't want to spoil the menu. I don't want to spoil Parasite. This doesn't really spoil it. But all of those movies do it without making the rich people villains. They mm-hmm. make their positions. Yeah. They make them do villainous things sometimes. They make their, the system bad. But they depict the people as like, yeah, they have kids and families and hopes and dreams like anybody else. They're just like completely removed from most society. They do stuff where like some of the rich people in this have like not redemption, but like the guy who kills the donkey. They make him nice through and through. Josh he's just yeah, <laughs> yeah, Josh Wheaton. Thank you. 
He's uh he looks exactly like Joss Wheaton. But and yeah, the he's idea the is token, he got rich. He's a rich programmer. He's the tech like he, we haven't mentioned. He's the Silicon Valley yeah. dude is there. And he's just saying shit on the boat like, I'm so fucking rich. I just sold my company. I'm so rich. <laughs> right. He's like pumped to be rich. He's like yeah. new money, it yeah. seems like. And he's not like like he's hanging out with these two ladies at the bar and he kind of knows like, eh, they're 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 prettier than me. And he like they take a picture with him. And he's like, thank you so much for that. I want to buy you Rolexes. Nothing mm-hmm. weird. I just, I'm just so rich. I just want, like, I want to do something nice for you. And like, he's never like, they never make him. He's like weirdo, you know, mm-hmm. he's like a bar weirdo, but he never becomes like sinister in nature. And he's always just kind of a weird, sweet guy. And then on the island, he just like, okay, this is my new reality. And he just fits in and like, oh, and he does not strive for power. He fits into whatever society holds itself to be. Yeah. And that's where that's where it's like, we're not talking about the people. We're talking about the system. And Mm. that's very important, I think, uh, for movies like this. It's uh, yeah. Agreed. uh, It's real good. I thought it was good, and now talking to you more, I think it's real good. I'm even enjoying it more through dissecting it, but mainly Mm. through, you know, uh, yeah, like I wrote the note. It works exactly as much as like a very clever tweet that I go like, here, here, that's very solid. Good, good point. Um, Yeah, and that's enough, dude. (laughs) And it's funny and engaging, yeah. I thought the pacing was wonky a few places, as I said. I wish it ended one shot, literally one shot before, and I would have been like, so tight and elegant. But now I'm like, well, it's still funny, but it's not necessarily tight and elegant. I don't think it's perfect um, for the reasons we said. Um, Weird thing. So Dimitri is the name of the um, the Russian guy, right? Oligarch, yeah. Now, I'm almost certain. Yeah, I, I just looked him up. He has been in Woody Harrelson in another film. Hmm. That film was 2012, the Roland Emmerich disaster <laughs> oh, film, geez, okay. where I believe he plays a Russian rich oligarch. Really? Who gets in yeah. an argument with Woody Harrelson? <laughs> no, he doesn't get in an argument oh, okay. with Woody Harrelson. But I think that's just funny that apparently this actor, you look at him and you're like, I think rich Russian guy. And he's yeah. like, sure, I guess. Also, um, he's, really- he's a delight in this. Also really notable, or just like that throughout, it has good moments that, again, are not unprecedented, but are like, yep, you checked that box. Like Paula, the narc who sells out, who defines herself by trying to climb the ladder, who is Fry from Futurama saying people like me better watch their back, yeah. um, has invested in the system. There's a scene where she's just sitting alone by herself, spraying Avion spray water in her mouth and repeating quietly, who am I? Who am I? And I like like she's lost her identity without the system to define it. And the Russian guy, as soon as they hit the island, now he says Marxist shit. So when that was so funny, when she's like, I'm keeping the octopus, he goes, but we all need to eat to each according to their needs from each according to her abilities. And it's like, so we're good. just arguing that in the boat. A second he was just ago. quoting yeah. Ronald Reagan in the boat. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was, that was a low shot, but it was perfect, which is like, yeah, our, our philosophy Simple changes based effective. on our position. Yeah. That's the thing about the rich people. They're like bootstraps. And it's like, yeah, that's easy for you to fucking say. I also love that Paula still yeah. narks on them when they eat the pretzels. Like, Paula just craves yeah. authority to dominate her. That's all she wants. Paula's Paul <laughs> the most tragic character because she, she she's like the middle said, manager. She yeah. She doesn't belong anywhere. She spent her life 
um, enforcing. She's the police. She represents the police, basically. She right. spent her life enforcing this, the will this, of the, rich. the system. Because yeah. she thinks she'll someday be rich and she never will. Right. Yeah, she's totally And so fine. once they get on the island, the rich people, some of them, once they realize their money isn't worth it, they either, well, most of them like accept it in like slowly um, mm-hmm. because they don't have a choice. And then after like that, that moment, they sort of learn to, you know, they sort of learn to survive um, the ones that, you know, su- survive the crash. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas Paula, yeah, she never really gets uh, a, a, an arc for that reason. No, she she's doesn't never even really... get a second story beat. Even we, the yeah. film, stop caring about her. Right. Um, <laughs> Which because is it is that idea. of itself, yeah. Yeah, it's that idea of like, who are you when society collapses? You're nobody. Like, that's the thing. Like, you, like this, none of this matters, uh, yeah. is what the movie obviously is saying to some extent with the, the, the crash and everything. And you won um, me over, I think, because the Russian oligarch is also objectively racist. As soon as they hit the beach, thinks yeah. the only black person was with the pirates because they're black. And he's yeah. like, I've seen you've seen me on the boat. I was on the boat with you. <laughs> and uh, So I yeah. do think I, I buy I think there is of mice and men shit going on where once society collapses, we still structure by. Anything that will benefit us. Can I benefit through racism? Can I benefit through ableism? How can I be important <laughs> and survive? Right. Yeah, is what drives us all, which is cynical. Yeah. But what are you gonna do? It is it's cynical, but again, it's it it's not it's it's not like uh not necessarily lying, you know? Um there's certain things like Abigail, that character, you could argue that another another version of her could be very compassionate. Like she turns on them immediately as like I'm in power now. But like it's again, it's like Parasite, which is that she's been at the bottom for so long that this one moment of power corrupts her almost immediately. And mm. I, I would argue like that's not what everybody like that would be, you know? Yeah. Um I think the more realistic one is people like Paula, people who like are used to structure trying to grip to that, yeah. to that, like, yeah. As opposed to like Abigail being like this sudden, like, like she's a unique character. I'm not saying she's unrealistic more that she's not like a commentary, I think on people who are poor or in service jobs. Yeah. So much. Uh, yeah. Agreed. Well, said. okay. Do you have uh, any other thoughts on this one? Not on this one. I just okay. think that I thought the opening was a little weirdly weak. Like I was like worried. Oh, is this movie going to suck when I said, cause yeah. the opening's not as funny as it wants to be. They and could I thought have the last shot them... wasn't good. And then everything in between is quite good. Yeah. They could have had them that all that shit between them happen on the boat. Uh, there's this like part one, part two, part three thing yeah. that gives a lot of importance to Carl and Yaya. And I was kind of like, eh, you could have been more efficient with how you tell this story. Agreed. Uh, I, yeah, I think I, uh, sorry everybody, but I think I just pretty much agree with you and there's no conflict in our Great. conversation. Good. Yeah. Cool. I like this movie. It's not perfect, but it's fun. Just yeah. Like I want to see. Yeah. I want to see the square. It's not one of the squares that mm-hmm. I've covered on a podcast. It's one with um, what's her face there? What's, um, it's like step uh, it up, but uh, about square dancing. It's yeah. intense, no, it's competitive a, high school square dancing. It's Elizabeth Moss. Uh, right away, I'm like, well, I'm in for that. And really? it's about like I'm the so art sick world of her or something. One face she makes. <laughs> really? Oh, <laughs> her, I love her. Her drama face. Every single My shot thing. of the season of 
Handmaid's Tale is just a center oh, really? punched real close of her face doing that <laughs> face. She just does I the one. I haven't watched it yet. I'm excited. I just, I, my whole Elizabeth Moss thing is like, I just want her to have a fucking break. Like, I just want her to do <laughs> a movie where for two hours sure. she just takes a bath. Where she's not treated like shit in the movie yeah, the whole yeah. time. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, where she, there are, like, guys aren't treating her like trash. Mm. I just want one movie for her. <laughs> um, all right. Well, Michael, thank you so much for being thank on this. Thank you. Uh, you want to plug something again at the end of this Nah, podcast? they got it at the beginning. Okay. Well, I'll plug our Patreon, patreon.com slash gamefully unemployed, G-A-M-E-F-U-L-O-Y, unemployed. For $5 a month, you get access to Tom and Jeff Watch Batman, Fox Mulder's a Maniac. We also do stuff with the uh, Small Beans. We do Star Trek The Next Futurama and Spielboys. For a little more, you can watch movies with us every Friday night. There's a bunch of things on there. Check it out. Check out our store, gamefullyunemployed.com. Uh, T-shirts and mugs and hats and stuff. And rate and review us. All that good stuff. That's it. Uh, let's, uh, let's, let's hit this podcast on the head with a rock, like a donkey and or model. 